in America uh, in uh, September and October. I went to, um, I was in Cleveland over there and uh, I was driving around with a classic American. It was a, uh, it was a fella in his uh, Toyota FJ Cruiser. Uh, he was driving around and he was like the classic American that didn't really care about the environment. And they had this conversation about recycling, right? And we've got recycling bins at home, there's recycling all over the place, right? And we're having this conversation about recycling and uh, his wife was kind of saying, you know, we probably should just look after the environment a little bit. And he's going, what would you do that for? You know, like the only recycling bins in the States in Cleveland were at the rubbish tip, basically. Not, no one had them at their house. It was a fascinating thing to listen to because a uh, conversation to listen to because uh, it kind of showed me how far we've, uh, we've come in the pro... Sorry, not in the project, in, the, uh, in Australia when it comes to recycling. You're probably familiar with that phrase there, reduce, reuse, recycle. So let me ask you a question, does God recycle people? <laughs> does he? Well, maybe. But if you actually think about it, what's recycling? Recycling is taking something and then turning it into another form. And so if I asked you, does God recycle people like that, what would you say? No, he doesn't. Come on. He doesn't just mash someone up and turn them into something else, does he? Because God doesn't discard people. He doesn't melt you down and turn you into another human being or something else. I mean, think about the biblical words that you've heard and even some of the words that we talk about at the project. You think about words like renew. That's not recycling. That's rejuvenating what's already there that's gone, gone downhill a bit. What about redeem? Restore? When there's a course at Iran at the beginning of last year called Renovate. It's like what God does is he doesn't throw something out or he doesn't even take something and melt it down and turn it into something else. He's about the job of renovation, of redeeming, of renewal. And I want to ask you this question, why do things need to be renewed? Well, one of the reasons they need to be renewed is because things get old. Who knows that personally? All right. They break down. Sometimes things need to be renewed because it's been interrupted. It's like we need to renew our efforts in this area. Why? Because there was just a period of time where something else happened. Maybe sin wrecks stuff. I mean, it's really clear biblically that sin corrupts things and you need to renew things because they get messed up by sin. Culture shifts, things decline. I mean, think about the scriptures. You think about patterns of renewal in the scriptures. Anyone here ever read the book of Judges? Okay, put your hand up if you ever read them to your kids for nighttime Bible stories. You don't do it, right? Because there's some brutal, brutal stuff in the book of Judges. And what you see in the book of Judges is you see this process of people walking away from God, getting into trouble, they get enslaved, and then there's someone that comes along as a rescuer, a renewer, a, a judge who kind of rescues them and brings about renewal. But the renewal tends to only last for a generation or about... 40 years, usually the lifetime of the leader. You know, there's a sense now that we're not like the Old Testament where Moses came and he was good for a while and then Israel went downhill or the, the uh, Israelites uh, with, in, the, in the book of Judges where you'd have this process of kind of up and down all the time. You know, the perfect leader has come, hasn't he, in Christ? But there are still times that we need renewal and I want to suggest something to you that comes out of Richard Lovelace's 
work. He wrote a book um, that kind of focused, about 40 years old now, that focused on how renewal actually comes. And he made this comment, and it might sound a bit intense for you, but I'll explain it, especially if you're a kid. Redemption is participatory, not imitative. And do you know what that means? You don't get redemption by just trying to be like Jesus. You get redemption by actually connecting to Jesus. So if you apply that to renewal, how does a church, how does a culture get renewed? A culture doesn't just get renewed by looking at the example of Jesus and trying to copy it. A culture gets renewed and spiritual life flows in a church and in a culture when they are united and connected with Jesus in relationship. I mean, everyone here has probably been to a church where the church has copied the example of Christ but hasn't had a dynamic friendship and relationship with Christ. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? You have, right? And it's not renewal. You're in those places and you go, this is all good. Like, it's a rare thing, and it usually hits the news, it's a rare thing for a church to be evil. Isn't it? Like, churches aren't normally evil. Sometimes they are, and as I said, it hits the, the news waves. But churches aren't normally evil. What usually happens to churches is they become a place that hasn't got that vital, relational, friendship, connection to Jesus and they become a place that just imitates his behaviour and it loses the life out of it. Now I want to ask this question, why is renewal important? And I want to suggest to you it's a little bit like cells multiplying when healthy cells replicate they divide into healthy cells (laughs) but unhealthy cells can also replicate and they replicate and they divide into unhealthy cells now what's an example of cells that divide that are unhealthy and they become more and more they, they multiply into more unhealthy cells does anyone know cancer cancer is one of those You see, you replicate, like even at a cellular level, you replicate what you are. And there's a need always for the church to be renewed and refocused. You know, God's in the business of replicating things, of producing closer, exact copies. I mean, you think about what the gospel is. The gospel is that God sent his only son. And then what did Jesus do at the end of his time on the earth? He sent all the disciples. The essence of following Jesus is sending But Jesus doesn't just send people for the sake of it. He sends people for replication, for reproducing. Check this out. This is the Great Commission in Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Who did he say that to? The disciples. And what did the disciples have to do? Make disciples. All right? Like it's not enough. The way that Jesus operates, it's actually not enough for you just to be a good disciple. You're meant to be a disciple that makes disciples. Do you see that? There's always a replication thing. So like we'll be talking later about the project and our our vision to plan a church. We're, We're not just into planning a church. We want to plan a church that plants churches. We don't just want to make disciples, we want to make disciples and make disciples. We want to replicate. You know, it's not enough, and I want to say this to you today, it's not enough 
for you just to follow Christ. You need to bring other people with you. So the question for you really is, at this point at a personal level, are you healthy? Is the project healthy? If it's all about replication, if it's about planning churches that plant churches, if it's about making disciples that make disciples, are we healthy? I mean, you can see this also in uh, 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, where Paul says, and many of you will be able to finish this, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. You see that? It's replication. <laughs> it's Paul saying, I'm going to follow Jesus, you follow me the way that I follow Jesus. Now, there's probably only one little problem with using this whole kind of metaphor of uh, health, healthiness and kind of cell division. It kind of implies that anything within a church or within us that's not healthy is unhealthy. And I don't think that's entirely true either. And I don't think it's true of the project. Not all things that need to grow in the project, not all things that need to grow in you are unhealthy. Maybe they're just immature. Maybe they just need to grow up. Maybe the metaphor for you of uh, building works better for you. What do we need to build? What are, what are the things in the project that need building, that need some construction? Maybe there's some dodgy, broken down areas of the building that need to be knocked down. We need to take a sledge to, all right, and take them out. But maybe there's a lot of stuff in the project, there's a lot of stuff in your life that just needs to be built. It's just not mature. It's not as developed as it needs to be. And I want to say to you this morning that the really exciting thing about 2018 for the project is we're just going to be building into it. So today, I actually don't have any major new things that the project's doing. We just want to build a house better. The house of the project, we want to just get that going stronger so that God can just be in us and move through us. Listen to this from Ephesians 2. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So here's the thing. We need to be healthy. But we also need to mature and grow. There's parts of us that need to be built up. There's parts of us individually that need to be built up. And parts of God's church here is expressed by the project that need building and growing. And I want to ask you this question. How are you partnering with God's family here to bring his family to maturity? How are you, how are you partnering with us in, in building what God's up to here in the project? Let me give you a few questions to think about at a personal level. Here's your personal application. Are you healthy? Like as an individual, are you spiritually healthy? And if you sit there and you go, I'm doing okay, all right? No Australian's ever going to give them top, top marks on that, right? Because as soon as you do that, then you're unhealthy because you're proud, all right? It's like, man, I'm rocking this health thing, right? If you, if you think, yeah, I'm not, I'm not very healthy, let me ask you this question. Uh, well, what are you doing? What are your plans to move toward being healthy? What about even just maturity? What areas in your life personally just need to grow up a bit? 
the person who you are, the individual temple of God, needs to be built up a little bit more. You know, how are you working to move towards being a more healthy temple for the Lord? Who are you bringing with you? How are you replicating at the moment? Like, who, who are you replicating with? You know, you might go, well, I brought someone to Christ. And I just go, well, that's great. That's awesome. We, we want more of that in the project. But did you bring someone to Christ who's bringing other people to Christ? Because your job of replication is not done until you've brought someone to Christ who's now winning other people to Jesus. You with me? Who are you bringing with you? Maybe you're a, uh, a leader somewhere in the church. It's like, who are you bringing with you in that? Who are you kind of mentoring? How, how are you replicating yourself there? Who are you sharing the gospel with at the moment? You know, your job's not done until God uses us and works through us to, uh, to shape people that shape people. Think about corporate application for us at the project here. Ask this question. This is a question the elders ask often, the leaders in the church here. Are we healthy? Where are we as a church unhealthy? Where do we need to grow? Where do we need to build into the project church? I mean, you know, you know where we're, vision-wise, you know where we're going is uh, we're, we, we want to plant a church. And if everything went exactly the way that we'd like it to go, which it probably won't, but if it did, we'd like to do something at the beginning of next year. And, and like for us as elders, we're, we're just kind of going, what things in the church do we just need to strengthen, build? What do we need to knock down? What's unhealthy that needs to be fixed up so that when we actually plant another church, we plant something healthy? Is everyone with me? That's what we want to do. It's like, let's, I mean, parents here, you like this, right? You love it when your kids copy the good stuff about you, don't you? All right? And then when they copy the bad stuff about you, you just go, well, I don't know where that came from. It's got to be my spouse. Here's the thing. We're, we're not wanting to copy. And, and, and it's not, don't get, me, don't get me wrong here. It's not like a church plan has to be exactly the same about, as us, but we just want the essence of what we're doing to just be as mature as we can make it, to be as healthy as we can make it, so that when we replicate, we replicate something good. Is anyone with me on that? So let me throw a few areas out corporately where uh, I think we're a bit weak, okay? Where I think that we could grow and we could change, we could mature. I'm going to tell you some areas where we're strengthening as well as a result of kind of seeing that. I'd just like to see more people come to know Jesus than did last year, <laughs> all right? We baptised five people last year, which is great. Like, why couldn't that be 20? Why couldn't it be 50? Okay, I'd just love to see more. Is anyone with me on that? It's like, let's, let's have more people coming to know Jesus for the first time. You know, we noticed, uh, the elders in our uh, weekend retreat that we had back in November noticed uh, that admin was a, just a kind of big issue for us in the church. And so we put a new PA on to the pastors this year because that just looked like a bit of an area of the church that was just a bit sick and in the sense that the pastors were just kind of get, getting distracted with a whole bunch of stuff there uh, that they didn't need to. So Haley Bignall's joined us this year, three days a week, and that's just really strengthened that little part of the project. We kind of noticed that some of our communications were a bit weak. Our, our community groups, 
the ones that are going are really strong, but the community groups as a whole are probably a little bit weak, so we're just really wanting to kind of build into that this year. I mean, you've got to think about things like if, if it turns out that God's will is for Matt and Chloe to, to plant a church out of the project, do you know what? Everything that Matt's doing, it's like, what are we going to do with that? Who's leading youth? You with me? It's like, what, how do we replicate that? I mean, that's, that's going to be really healthy because it means some people sitting on the sidelines maybe need to kind of step up into that gap. But how's that going to happen? You know, it's like this year, like we've just got to think about how are we going to keep the project ship sailing forward with these changes that are going to be on the horizon. All right, how can we grow things so that when we replicate, we replicate something healthy? You know, it's, it's got a real feel... I'm just going to finish up here and we'll release the kids in a moment. But it's got a real feel in the project at the moment that God's brought all of us back into the project in terms of a staff and some of the ministry opportunities. Like, let's just get this ship sailing as well as we possibly can. Let's just build into it, get it going really well in preparation for replication. I mean, some of you sitting there, you're going, yeah, I mean, you guys are putting deacons on. Yeah, we're going to do that today, right? Well, what's that? It's like, yeah, well, we just saw a weakness area. There's a real weakness there and just felt we need to go that way and strengthen that bit of the church. So here's the big idea coming out of uh, the first section, folks. Let's reproduce well. Let's build well into the church so we're as healthy as we can be individually and corporately. All right. Two more things. One is this, I'm going to talk about money later, but I'm just going to talk about it for a moment here. Last week, I think it was, I encourage you to think about your first fruits, all right? At the start of the year, think about your first fruits as a recognition of God's generosity to you and the fact that God owns everything that you own anyway. I mean, the, print, the biblical principle is give the cream off the top. Don't give God the dregs, give the cream off the top. So uh, there's an opportunity for you to give money. If you're regular, if you're new with us today, you feel free to let the money pass. That's no dramas. Uh, you can get direct debit details off the website if you want that. But just an encouragement for you to be generous and to recognise that your money's God's money. Uh, you don't get to take it with you when you die. <laughs> but uh, the way that you invest your money now for the kingdom will bring rewards after you die. So uh, let's be mindful about that. Jesus spoke a lot about rewards. So... If you want to drop uh, any money in there, you feel free to go ahead with that. Just uh, only a few days ago, the, um, the Australian of the Year was announced. I don't know whether you noticed who that was. It was a uh, quantum physicist called uh, Michelle Yvonne Simmons. And um, she, uh, she gave an acceptance speech that was reported on uh, the ABC uh, news site. And uh, this was the, uh, the article on there. Uh, Australian of the Year um, awards quantum physicist Michelle Yvonne Simmons received 2018 honour. Now, one of the things that that lady did is she uh, she was an Australian born overseas who basically wanted to work out where's the best place in the world to do scientific research, and she basically concluded that the best place to do it was in Australia. And we all go, of course it is. Yeah, come on. Here's what she said in a speech. In her acceptance speech, Professor Simmons said she was honoured to receive the award as an Australian born overseas. We have proven time and again that Australian researchers have some unique advantages, she said. We collaborate across boundaries, but we also compete hard. We're down to earth, we're judged by results, and we believe in what is real. 
I firmly believe there is nowhere else in the world better to do scientific research and challenge what's possible than Australia. And you notice there's a gap up there because she makes this additional comment kind of in the middle of all of that that I've just left out, which highlights both the strength and a weakness of being Australian. All right, this was her comment. Our distaste for authority means we think for ourselves. Best of all, we are prepared to give those hard challenges a go. Do you know what's winsome about Australian culture is that we do have a distaste for authority in the sense that we're willing to go, go it alone. We love the kind of David and Goliath thing. We always think that we're David. Whenever you get a Goliath, it's like, how can we kill him? All right? If someone's really good at what they're doing, it's kind of tall poppy syndrome. We like to be against the odds. But I'll tell you something about... Uh, that that is really a bit of a drawback is Australians are notoriously difficult to lead because <laughs> I think it's true I think it's true that we do have a distaste for authority whether it comes from being convicts or whatever we just like to rebel you know and the thought of having someone that actually tells you what to do is so distasteful to us it's like even if you've got a boss like that you go well I can leave whenever I want buddy I'll just write my resignation letter. You see, there's unique advantages within the Australian culture as the Australian of the Year identified, but there's also some unique disadvantages. But the irony in all of this is that even though Australians have got a real distaste for authority, Jesus still says that they're like sheep that need leadership. You see the problem? It's like... It's not like Australians, like we've got it all worked out, we don't need authority anymore and we're going to be fine without it. We actually need leadership and we need authority over us to operate well and operate together well, but at the same time we fight against it and we don't actually like it. I remember a number of years ago coming home from holidays and I got back and it wasn't a disaster, but there was a whole bunch of things in the project here that kind of fell apart a little bit while I was away. Uh, and it wasn't a major thing. It, it, there were just things that kind of fell apart a little bit and most people wouldn't have even noticed, all right? But behind the scenes, just, and I just got to the point where I was just going, what is going on? Can't I just go away for holidays for a bit and everything just kind of hold together? And don't hear me saying that I've got an overinflated view of my importance, <laughs> all right? I just think, I, I just, I really, I love the idea of not having to do, that sounds terrible, not having to do anything and everything being okay, and I remember sitting in the car with my dad. My dad is a senior pastor for a lot of years, probably 20 or 25 years. And I remember sitting there complaining to my dad about this, this very thing. Like, Dad, I got home and there's all these things that just weren't going very well. What's the deal with that? Like, I just wanted to be able to be okay without me. And my dad in his wisdom replied with this. He said, well... That's what happens when you take a leader out of the mix. He said to me, he goes, God gave you a leadership gift to exercise in the church and when you exercise it, it helps the church. And when you're away, it leaves a gap. Now, that's not talking Peter up, all right? That's just a reality, probably about any institution, true? So what do you need? You need people with leadership gifts to be providing leadership in the church so that things go well or, or providing leadership in the organisation. See, what my dad was really saying to me when I was complaining was, get in there, son. <laughs> Exercise your gift for the sake of the church. Roll your sleeves up. And I appreciate that, appreciate that in bed. I mean, it's clear, isn't it? Romans 12 says, 
speaks about leadership as a gift, having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. There's lots of leaders in the church. I'm not the only one in this church. Leadership is really important. And I want to just highlight something out of Hebrews 13 about leaders. Just read this with me. Right of Hebrews says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. What's he saying? Look back to good leaders and imitate them. See that kind of replication, reproducing thing again? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Obey your leaders and submit to them. Now, some of you, even just as I read that, are just going, right, that's it. You're just stirring me up right now to rebel. All right? Because you do, right? I do that too. Like if someone stood up and said, you need to obey your leaders and submit to them, I'd start winding up a little bit and going, yeah, right, well, we'll see about that. It depends on what they do. But see, as soon as you start saying, as, as soon as I see what they do, you're not ultimately submitting to your leaders, you're submitting to yourself because you're determining what you're going to follow and what you're not going to follow. And don't hear me saying here that submission, I'm going to be talking about submission next week out of Ephesians 5. That's a particularly, I mean, Harvey Weinstein has made it a very difficult thing to talk about and a whole bunch of other people. So submission is not, and I'll talk more about it next week, but submission is not that you have to agree with everything. But notice what it says here, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls. Listen to this bit. As those who will have to give an account. This is why... The leader should always listen to people that they're leading, but they shouldn't just automatically do whatever people they are leading say that they should do because the people that they're leading don't have to give an account for how they lead. The leader has to give an account for how they lead. Do you get that? And there will be an accounting and you just need to know that the leaders of this church take that very, very seriously. Listen to this next bit. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning. Why? Because a groaning leader is no advantage to anyone who's following. Who knows that? She's not. All right? So here's the thing. You're, you're free to disagree, but we can disagree in ways that don't make people groan, right? True? I mean, we can volunteer, but we'll volunteer in ways and we'll serve in ways that don't make leaders groan. You know, one thing that makes a leader groan is when a volunteer doesn't show up and doesn't tell them. <laughs> that makes a leader groan. Like, that's a really simple one. Am I busting in? I'm getting, getting in trouble? No, I'm not. I'm just saying, let's have a really healthy, positive, growing, building project where, not a building project, but Project Church. That's the other announcement today. We're buying a $6 million property. <laughs> so you're all laughing straight up. Here's the thing. Leaders often have more information than followers have and they make decisions based on that information and we have to give an account for what happens so you can disagree but please as you serve in the church as you attend church let's let's disagree in ways that don't make people groan there's no advantage to you when the leaders groan all right i want to invite matt up where is matt here he is so one tier of leaders in the church are community group leaders. So I'm uh, just going to give Matt a few moments to talk about that.
So, uh, whoa, hey, there's, uh, there's this picture that we get in, Acts, uh, in, the, in the book of Acts, sort of right throughout the early church, where uh, the end of Acts 2 and the end of Acts 4, I'll read you the end of Acts 4, it says, Now the of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And as the, as the church sort of explodes into history, uh, we see this, this real unity, this sense of community, right? People being together, uh, meeting each other's needs, sharing what they have, sharing their possessions, sharing their faith and their lives together. And that sort of sets the tone for us today, is uh, community is a part of God's church, that we belong together, that we belong uh, in relationship with each other as uh, God's body. Um, one of the ways that we see that happen here at the project are in community groups. So we meet in groups uh, to share our faith, to, to share our struggles, to share our uh, needs uh, with each other. Uh, and and we, we do that sort of uh, in community groups. Now, obviously, we've got a bigger picture for community than that, right? We've got a bigger hope and a bigger expectation for what community looks like for us as a body uh, belonging together. But we're just going to quickly share about community groups. Uh, there's a few uh, community group leaders away, but those that are community group leaders currently, can you stand up just where you are? So let me just quickly, and if we go to the next, um, I'll just press this. Uh, can I do it on here? Yeah. Oh, oh. So this is um, this is a little picture of community groups at the moment. Uh, if you have a look, this is a map of Toowoomba, and or this is our region, uh, and this is uh, the community groups in blue. It's a bit hard to see, but uh, let me just start up the top. In Kabbalah, we've got Wayne and Estelle just uh, at the rear here. They run a, a little community group out in uh, in Kabbalah. Uh, in uh, Highfields, we've got Nick and Fiona. Nick's just right up the back in the. I think Fiona's serving this morning, so... Oh, here she is. <laughs> so here. Uh, uh, and then uh, over here in Murphy's Creek, it's probably most of you haven't been there, but there's a little suburb down here called Murphy's Creek. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Nathan, Renee, just, just over this side, they run a community group down in Murphy's Creek. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. There's a lot of... A lot of that's some uh, fans. Uh, and then in um, Mount Connock or Blue Mountain Heights, they're, they're away today, but Richard and uh, Joe uh, Hollis, they run a community group there that's the the newest one. Oh, actually no um myself and my wife chloe were sort of in west toowoomba and ray and lynn they're actually just we're launching a community group this week with them they can stand up um so everyone can meet them really excited about them um getting a community group started so as you can see on the map so sorry you guys can sit down there um you can see on the map there's a little hole in the south of toowoomba that we're we're um, praying for and hoping that god will uh, grow us there and and as well at um, the Moringadan sort of area we've got a bunch of people from uh, Moringadan uh, so I just thought I'd mention those if you've got a heart for community in those areas um, why don't you put yourself forward come talk to me but uh, what I want to encourage the church to do is if you're not in a community group uh, that would be a really good thing to do that's sort of all we say about it we don't say you need to be uh, but it would be really good for your faith and for your family and for your relationships to be connected into a community group. So uh, most of these are uh, midweek. Some of these are Sunday afternoons. You can go for lunch and, and gather together. Um, and that is a cost. It's a sacrifice. I remember sitting in a community group meeting. We were in the Gillies uh, community group years ago with my daughter crying on my lap in the middle of a worship song, just patting her on the back, just like, what am I doing here? What are we doing this for? But it, there's a cost to it, right? Um, but there's a real rich treasure that comes out of community so if you're not in a community group we'd, we'd love to encourage you to please um, consider getting connected if you need more information talk to me uh, or talk to one of those leaders that just stood up is that good
Great. Thanks. So, uh, yeah, we are um, doing community groups in 2018, in case anyone noticed. Previous slide was 2017. So that's good. Once, if you get, uh, if you ever get the uh, the chance to get around the elders, you, uh, when they're uh, pretty relaxed, uh, leaders of the church, you'll know there's lots and lots of Murphy's Creek jokes that just fly around, <laughs> which are not appreciated by anyone who lives in Murphy's Creek. So it's almost a little. Yeah, there are, there are, yeah, so, yeah. So I'm I'm doing my best to resist right now, <laughs> and I will. I think. Just don't pause, Peter. Don't pause. Um, church officers, I'm not talking about uh, physical officers, I'm talking about the officers of church in terms of leadership of the church. Um, two main ones that, the, um, that the, the Bible talks about are elders and, and deacons in terms of officers of the church. Uh, these are the elders of the church. They're not all here now. Uh, Nathan's been leading worship. Um, Seam was playing bass. Maybe you guys can just stand up if you're here. That's a really bad photo of me. This, this is like the... It's a bit weird, isn't it? It's like, anyway, I don't know. You're going, Peter's vain. Yes, he is. He also doesn't like dodgy photos. But anyway, looks like I'm up to something. But uh, these are the elders of, uh, of the church, as well as, um, as Dave Birding, who's over in Project Kids. So they're kind of the leaders of the church in terms of the governance kind of the church. The, the church, just so that you know, is a, is a company structure. And so all of the elders are also directors in the church. So... They kind of wear the pants, so to speak, on both of those, in both of those areas. You guys can grab a seat. What we are uh, launching into now is uh, this year is uh, putting some deacons on. We uh, gave you an opportunity to kind of give us some feedback on the deacons. Probably the statement that cashes out the way we see this best is, is this one here from Nine Marks. Elders lead ministry. Ministry is really the meeting of needs. Uh, deacons facilitate ministry and the congregation does ministry. Um, so last year we had elders and congregation and then just the practical kind of implementation of ministry in the middle was um, a real struggle in the sense that the elders were pretty well engaged and committed and uh, we just saw the real need to kind of get deacons up and running in the church. If you like flow charts and you have good enough sight, you can see that. Jesus uh, leads this church. Uh, underneath that um, are the five elders and you can see that what we've actually done is we've given individual elders a ministry area that, where they would have a deacon. That kind of connects with them in that particular ministry area. So Dave is looking after Project Kids. I'll just talk about Ruth in a minute. Uh, Cole Patterson is going to look after welcoming, uh, which is uh, Ray Hingst and Lynn Brennan are the, um, the deacons nominees there. Nathan's looking after International Mercy Ministries, which is... Um, our Compassion Project and Partnership, uh, which is Jody Turner. Rob Nielsen's a deacon of music that's going to be helping out there. Uh, the LAG, which is a leadership advisory group, provides advice for the elders on all sorts of things, most notably HR and budgetary uh, areas. And uh, there's three deacons in underneath there. That's Alex Allen and Steve Turley. And uh, a couple of those one of those deacons, I should say, uh, Alan Conroy, will also double across to looking after Sunday services uh, with Nick Crowder, They're kind of being a bit of a steward for us on Sunday mornings. So, underneath that, uh, the rest of you. The reason why Ruth is in brackets is because she's actually on staff with us 10 hours a week. And I just want to say publicly again that we, 
staff at the project ultimately are a kind of deacon. But uh, we're not going to give them the title deacon and also staff member over some particular area because that just gets really confusing. So the goal for staff is to make it easy for volunteers to get on board. I keep saying that to the staff at the church all the time. Let's just do all the hard legwork so that volunteers can get on board and serve and minister to one another. We're uh, just going to kick into the last uh, little section here. So if you guys can take that slide back, that'll be great. Philippians 1 verse 3 to 6 says this, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy. Listen to this in verse 3. Uh, sorry, verse 5. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. There's nothing more precious in terms of the calling that God has given to me, I speak personally, than having people partnering with me and me partnering with other people. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Two years ago when Matt Martin started as, a, uh, as an assistant pastor for us at the church, uh, some of you may have noticed I got a bit emotional when I was announcing it because I just felt like I'd been doing a lot of years mostly on my own in terms of leading the church and having a just at that leadership level, if you understand, there was, there was lots of partnership from people in the church, but at a leadership level, it was just really beautiful to have someone come alongside and partner. And that's what it's all about. I mean, we're, we're all about that at the project. Like, how are we going to partner together so the good news about Jesus actually goes out? So that's my question for you. Like, how, how can you kind of be part of what's going on? Have we got that video ready to roll up the back there? Just want to show a, uh, a short uh, couple of minute kind of testimonial video. This one's from Faye as well, but I, I just want you to get a sense here as you listen to this video about how it's captured all of us, <laughs> really. How Christ has captured all of us and how uh, he has uh, won, he has won, uh, won her. Is it, is it ready to go? One minute. Someone got a joke? kidding all right let me uh, tell you about a couple of other things really quickly that i was going to go on to later uh, i'll tell you about it now the church has pulled the trigger on uh, and most of you wouldn't notice this except you probably have noticed that communications are improving a little bit in the church and that's because we've decided to uh, um, subscribe to a, a church management system uh, so uh, for those of you who do admin, like we've been trying to do everything just with Excel spreadsheets and emails and just it's kind of been all over the shop. So all of that just to say that you'll probably see an increase in reliability of communications. We've signed up to this thing called Elvanto, which is specifically designed for churches so that they can coordinate all of their people. So that's, uh, that's Elvanto. That's coming uh, one of the things, for example, out of that that we've been passionate about is actually not just putting our weekly update on the city, but actually emailing it out to all the email addresses we've got. And we haven't really had a good way to do that, but this uh, church management system is going to help us to do that. Are we, uh, are we ready or shall I keep going with our slides? Okay, they're not even answering. It must be bad. <laughs> Let me uh, introduce staff to you really quickly and uh, give you a bit of an idea about where their loadings are. Hayley, would you mind just standing up where you are? Hayley's a new PA to the pastors three days a week. She's working Tuesday to Thursday. So if you go on the website and you ring the church's phone number, she'll have that phone and she'll probably answer it. 
when she can. If it's outside of those times or if it's in those times, she'll be able to answer that. So she's three days a week. You can grab a seat if you'd like. Sue, do you want to just stand up, please? Sue does eight hours a week for us, uh, pastoral care. Uh, last year, at the end of last year, many of you would remember that we, uh, the church here was contracted to provide chaplaincy to the school and the elders made the call at the end of last year that we would cease that. She was doing an additional three hours to take some load off me in terms of the chaplaincy. And then uh, when we had our admin person leave in the, uh, at, in the middle of the year, she picked up some admin as well. So she's gone back to eight hours a week. She was on a bit more than that. I don't think Ruth Pereira's here. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, so Ruth Pereira, who uh, is not here, she's doing 10 hours a week doing Project Kids Admin. Uh, you all met Matt when he was standing up the front here, Matt standing up up the back there. He's uh, gone, he was full-time. He actually was our only full-time staff member because um, I wasn't full-time, but I'll tell you some more about that in a minute. But he, um, we paid for a day of him to do study. So we, we paid one of his days as a study day for him and then four days a week where he spent some of his time in the school and some in the church. This year he's going down to only four days a week pay from the church so that he and Chloe can pay for a day, a day a week of study and the church pays for a day a week of study. So he does two days a week of study and he's not doing anything in the school anymore. So basically the bottom line is this, it's just the pastors are a bit less distracted this year than what we were last year and that includes Sue uh, as well. Um, we've got another lady called Jenna Goodsey. She's not here today. She's actually a Seventh-day Adventist who loves Jesus. And there's lots of those, by the way, but she's a Seventh-day Adventist who loves Jesus and she does six hours a week uh, bookkeeping for us. And as of the elders meeting on Australia Day, see, we, we really smash it out for you guys. We're working on public holidays. As of the... Uh, uh, Australia Day Ella's meeting I'm actually fully full-time employed at the project which has never been the case since I've been working for the project so the elders made the decision without my involvement to uh, increase me from four and a half days a week because I was always my wife and I were always paying for half a day of study for me and the church was paying for half a day of study the church said the elders said yeah it'd be good for you to be full-time so I'm pretty excited about that um, and uh, I think that's just about all the staff. The only other one is many of you would know Henry. Uh, Henrietta Lee was on staff with us last year, um, but she's um, just doing a little bit of casual work for us with restoration groups to get an intensive up and running in Easter for us. So she's, uh, but that, I'll talk about that really briefly in a minute. That's coming out of a different bucket uh, to the, uh, the church bucket. Who knows that God has a way of taking over your life? It's a really good thing um, and he has a way of just kind of owning you and I guess that's the sense of where we want to leave you today is how is God kind of taking over you and how does he want you to, uh, to serve uh, in, the, uh, in the church here today. So just before I gave you a few structural um, changes that have actually happened in the church, another just quick structural change that we're wanting to do is we're wanting to have a volunteers prayer meeting on Sunday morning. So if you, if you volunteer on a Sunday, we just want to get everyone together. We want to be together in unity, but we also just really value the times where we get, get together on Sunday mornings as a, um, as a place where God does some really, really sweet work and some really good work. And we think we just need to cover that in prayer. So we're going to start doing that uh, from 9 to 9.15 on Sunday morning. So if you volunteer at any level, of the project on a Sunday morning. Love for you to be here at nine o'clock and we all just want to join together down the front here and pray together. 
that God would be really present and, and uh, moving in the church service. A couple of ministry happenings which I just want to update you on. Restoration groups for the project is going to run in term two, but it's only going to run once this year, not twice. Um, so you can uh, look out for that. If you don't know what that is, we'll explain that for you at the appropriate time. Uh, going to go into some more de- detail later on, but we have uh, basically... Uh, it's like this is really exciting right we are offering to churches outside the project for us to train them in running restoration groups in their church and uh, we've written a, a business plan for it and a growth plan for it and we've got a bunch of people who are donating like thousands and thousands of dollars to make this thing happen because I just felt it needed to grow and it needed to slip out from underneath the the project church's umbrella directly in fact the church that I went over to in Cleveland Check this out. The church I went over to in Cleveland in September, October, want to make the project a key international mission for them. Like, what up? <laughs> All right? And they're just, they're going to be sending a whole bunch of money our way because they want to support us in training other churches in Australia to do restoration groups. So that's really exciting. We've got some local businessmen who are chipping in some coin there to help that to happen. You'll hear more about this later, but if you've got a phone and you love restoration groups and you've been through it, you want to donate to it, it's got its own bank account now. You can take a photo of that and then just give thousands. Do that because we want to see people changed by Jesus. Who's with me on that? And restoration groups is like the best small group thing ever for doing that. So uh, you could give to that. Our hope is that Henry will just keep, uh, pull things together for the intensive. We've got a bunch of churches coming up, uh, people from churches coming up to, um, to be trained by us at Easter. So if you've got a house and you're like, I can have them at my place, uh, be in touch with Henry. She'll, uh, she'll help you with that. Um, and then after that, what we're hoping is that we'll have enough money to put a, uh, a director of operations in. Uh, Restore Ministries, you may not know, but if you go to restoreministries.com.au, that's us, all right? And it's all about replicating stuff, really, and helping other churches to do stuff. You can see Restoration Groups, Move, most of you would know what Move is, and Renovate is the, uh, the course that I wrote that restores identity in people as part of my doctorate. So we're just offering that to other churches, to serve other churches, to give them things that they... Uh, can do that will help their people Um, that's the funky logo for it and this is not confirmed but there's a really solid chance we're going to be able to get Ed Welsh out as part of the project this year if you've heard me talk about Ed before yeah that's going to be awesome so you could pray for that Um, he's like a guru he's probably the most famous guy of biblical counseling arguably in the world and it looks like God's stitching this thing together and um, we're going to have him out later on um, this year so more info on that as we go there's about 20 of us going down to the Acts 29 church planning conference on the Gold Coast it's going to be killing us because it's at surfers Uh, we're staying at Q1 so it's kind of real missionary kind of territory (laughs) Um, but we're going down and uh, we're going to go to that so Matt and uh, Chloe going through Acts 29 church planner assessment at the moment and they may or may not be the ones that do the church plant for us, they're just kind of at the front of the line at the moment. We're just having them go through assessment. We'll, we'll work out whether they're the right people for the mix after that. So you could pray for them. You Also, if you've got a massive heart for church planting because you know that it's the best evangelistic strategy that has ever existed on the planet, you can give money to that, like lots of money, because it's not yours anyway. Is anyone with me? So it's got its own bank account. 
all right? And the elders have actually put aside a whole bunch of cash um, from the church, from our missions giving into that account to actually help that church plant to get up and running when that happens. We're not working for the school anymore. Look, the last couple of years have been great being in the school and we just, we love the school community and we want to contribute and see people connected to Jesus in the school community. But it just got to the point for us last year that it was a bit of a distraction from the project, to be honest. And we just felt like we need to be back in the project, contributing to the project. So what's the bottom line? The bottom line is that we love the school and we want to contribute to the school. And you'll hear, if you've got kids in the school, you hear communications going out into the school, saying that we want to connect to the school, but we're just not being paid to do it. It's a love job, all right? And it is a love job, and we do love the school, and we want to contribute to it. So uh, that's going to be happening um, this year. There'll be some ways that that will find some expression as we go through the year. We are going to have another compassion trip, but you notice it's not going to be till 2019. And that's just because we want some missional clear air for the church plant. If God brings it all together for us to plant a church at the beginning of next year, we just don't want mixed or confused messages about you give your money here or here or here or this is what we're doing here in this 10 minutes and then next week we're going to be doing this. Uh, we're, we're just building, growing the project for the sake of replication. Uh, but if you're into compassion, and we all are, well, the leadership's all into it, all right, and I trust many of you are into it, there will be a trip coming up. You can start saving 20 cents a day and then have a lot more to pay off in September, October in 2019. Let me give you some notable numbers. There were five baptisms last year. Let me tell you about attendance last year. Bums on seats don't really tell you that much, but they tell you something. I still haven't worked out what that is, but they do tell you something. 20, uh, during school terms, uh, in 2016, we averaged 190 people on a Sunday. And in 2017... I can't even click that. This is like the demon of technology is, is uh, coming for my soul. Um, 2017, it was 175. So you can actually see there that uh, we have gone backwards a little bit in growth. Okay? Uh, just letting you know about that. And then I'm just going to let you know how you can partner with us. There's lots of ways you can partner with us. I want to talk to you about uh, money. For a uh, moment, oh, geez, here we go. Uh, here's the stats on money. Average monthly giving for 2016, so if we go back a year and a bit, was uh, 15,800. The first half of 2017, the average monthly giving was 15,500. We actually went back in terms of giving. And the second half of 2017, we had a $6,000 turnaround per month for six months. Isn't that awesome? And like you've got to read this in the context of the previous slide. We've had attendance has gone backwards by 8%. Giving has gone up by 11%. Like I think where people put their money where their mouth is, right? Where your treasure is, there your heart goes as well. Okay? And this is a really, really positive sign for us. Okay? We're a charity that has gross revenue of over 250000 So you'll... Uh, We'll put the reviewed accounts on uh, the city once the auditor has had a bit of a look through all of our stuff. But that's, that's what happened in 2017. 2018, I want to let you know about some income changes and some expense changes. Um, we actually, uh, the school was very generous with us and paid for our uh, staffing time in the school. 
And so for the last two years, the school paid us $41,000 a year to be in the school. Okay? So that's a pretty decent chunk of money. And that's, so the, the, the decision by the elders to cease being involved with the school um, was, was not taken lightly. That's the bottom line. We knew that there was going to be a $41,000 income supplement that wasn't actually going to be there. We also get um, given money by the Genesis Foundation over a three-year um, plan uh, to, um, to support Matt being in the church. And it started at $25,000 for the first year. The second year is $20,000. The third year is $15,000. So uh, that income's gone down $5,000. We've had some staffing changes. If you work out the percentage of or the proportion of full-time workers in the project and you take study days out of it for Matt and I, we've actually got the equivalent of 2.6 full-time workers for the project if you add up all the staffing hours. Okay? Uh, the school here is wanting to put up the costs of us uh, meeting in the building here. Uh, so that's going to be a little bit more money also. Now, if some of you are thinking this is like Armageddon and it's like it's accounting Armageddon, it's not that bad. But let me tell you, where we're up to here. The total vision cost for 2018 is 271000 roughly. And we've budgeted giving in the church of $21,000 a month for uh, 2018. So the average for the second half of last year is about $21,600. Uh, income from other sources is about 18250 And basically what that means is at the moment we're looking at a budgeted deficit in vision 2018 of 16, almost 17,000. Okay? So last year we, um, we actually, I don't know if anyone remembers, but last year we started with a budgeted deficit of 22,000 or 23,000 and we ended up banking $21,000 last year. So just faithful giving. It's people just going, yeah, this is, God's up to good stuff. We're going to put our money where our mouth is. And that's, I guess, where I want to leave you today, just in terms of how you can partner with us financially. Uh, we need about another 1500 bucks a month to cover budget. I'd love for you to go and pray about that and how you can give to it. I mean, there's lots of really, really amazing things happening in this church. And uh, I trust that you're encouraged uh, this year. I mean, the, the school's just been an, an amazing missional opportunity for us, and that was a real blessing from God. But I trust that you're just with us and like, let's just build this place. Let's get this place going really well and then let's replicate for Jesus' sake. So I'd love for you to go, especially if you've just given the same amount of money um, for the last two or three years, would you go home and just pray about it, talk with whoever you need to talk about and uh, see if there's some way that you could uh, contribute to uh, the vision for this year. All good? We're almost done. I'm like minutes away three minutes away can you what i've got for you just to uh, as a bit of a bit of a help for you is i've just got a whole bunch of 2018 budgets for the church so it's about 80 or 100 of those so it's probably best if you just take one or two per household that's I'm, we're just handing that out I'm really happy for you to come and ask any questions that you might have really just want you to see where the money goes that's the bottom line. Like, we're not just throwing money down the drain here. There's just expenses. I mean, one of the, one of the realities is um, we are dedicated as elders to giving 10% of our income away to missions or to people and ministries outside of us. All right? Now, this year, do you know how much that's going to be? 
It's like, it's like 25 grand. You know, we just believe in this whole thing about first fruits so much, like we want to do it as a church. And some of you go, well, couldn't you just use that 25 grand and cover the $17,000 deficit you got? Yeah, yeah, you could. But that's the faith step, right? That's the faith step that God calls you to. That's what God calls my wife and I to do in our family. It's like, well, you give me the cream of the crop and trust me to give you what you need. That's, and I just want you to know the elders are doing that. That's what we're doing there, all right? And we just don't want to be distracted and just kind of pulling that missions and donations money in and just going, oh, we could look after ourselves with our money. We want to be people who give outwards and we want to recognise that the income of the church comes from the Lord also. And he's repaid us in spades. All right, here's the last thing. What I want you to do, if you can, is in a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity and I'm going to encourage you today to get your phones out and use your phones. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you a link. I'm going to give you two links, actually. One link is service opportunities and how you can partner with your person. All right, I've just talked about how you can partner with your money. Um, I'm going to give you a link that, that, that is an opportunity for you to express how you can partner with your person. And what it'll do is it'll uh, put a... When you go to that link, you'll go to this form here and you can fill the form out, all right? There's a link down the bottom of that form that gives you some more detail about service opportunities in the church. And on the slide after this one, there's also a link to update your contact details. But here's what I'd love you to do the most. If you get the contact details, that's great. If you don't, can you just have a crack at service opportunities and see if you can fill out one of these forms. The link at the top, if you just type in bit.ly forward slash the Project Church, TPC, Ministry Opportunities, you'll go straight to that form. If you finish that form off, um, you're welcome to take a photo of this and you can do it at home if you want to do it at home. Um, but I'd love for you to do your, update your details as well. I'm just going to pray. I'm done. All good? Now that you're all on your phones, you can do something spiritual like pray. All right. Why don't you pray with me and then uh, you can just finish off doing that and um, that will help us to partner well together uh, in terms of how you can serve in the church. Jesus, thank you for today. Thanks for, your, uh, just, thanks for helping us to get through. It's been a long morning. Uh, thank you for the people's patience today to listen and to be attentive. God, would you help us to be people who uh, serve well together for your sake, that this year that the project would be um, just a, a well well-built kind of holy temple to you and your presence this year. I pray that you'd show us areas where we need to grow and areas that aren't quite as healthy as they could be. Help us to grow up in those things for your sake. And, and God, let us just see at the end of the year how we've grown at the end of this year and how we've changed. God bless you for uh, your involvement with us and your presence here with us today. Amen. Folks, take a few moments to fill those out. Have a great day.